Aloha, everyone, and welcome to Just a Position, the podcast where we explore mental health, vulnerability, and personal life journeys. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and stream wherever you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every single Thursday. I am back in my room, you guys, for a solo podcast episode. I'm excited about this one. Oh, my God. I am not ready for this episode, and I'm pretty sure you guys aren't ready either because this is about to be a fucking wild, wild episode. I recently was watching Hillary Starr's podcast. If you don't know Hillary Starr, she is, oh my God, absolutely amazing. One of the funniest people I know, if not the funniest person I know. She's one of my best creator friends. Oh, actually, no, she's my best creator friend. <laughs> She'll kill me if I say anything else. Um, I absolutely loved her death. And she has a podcast called Everything is Tragic. And she recently did an episode talking about her previous work places and what her experiences were like at her previous jobs. And I thought it was really funny and super interesting. And I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't really had an opportunity to talk about like my previous work experiences and what they've been like. And I thought it'd be really fun to kind of share some of my stories, but more importantly, react to some of your guys's craziest work stories. I asked you guys on Instagram, which if you don't follow me on Instagram, make sure you go follow me. It's at Hiram. So you can be involved in more podcast episodes in the future. I asked for your guys's craziest stories and I have an entire list that my team put together that I have not looked at yet. I'm going to be reacting to your stories. Um, And from what I've heard, they are pretty freaking intense (laughs) and really wild. And they probably won't compare next to my stories. But I thought it'd be a good opportunity for me to just share some of my previous workplaces, what they've been like, what the experiences have been, uh, because I have had many jobs before I started doing content creation. And I'm really stoked to see what your guys' experiences have been and how they compare to mine. So let's just jump into it. I first want to start off this episode actually by saying that I am very recently alive again and creating content. I haven't posted anything about it, but basically for the last month and a half, I have unbeknownst to me had, actually no, it's been two months now, unbeknownst to me had uh, a sinus infection and an ear infection. I didn't even know those two things could be different, but it started when I traveled to Indonesia and the Philippines, I noticed that my hearing kind of went out once I arrived in Indonesia and it lasted for like five days. And then my hearing went back to normal. So I was like, okay, I think we're good. I think it was just a cold or whatever, you know, things happen when you're flying. And, um, I, had it happen again for another five days somewhere within that travel. I think it was when I got back from the Philippines, I lost my hearing again. And when I say lost my hearing, I didn't go completely deaf, but my hearing was really muffled. And I basically was deaf because I couldn't understand what people were saying to me unless I was basically reading their lips. And then for the past two weeks, my hearing has been the worst it has ever been. And I got to the point where I had to cancel a trip I really wanted to go to Uh, to Guatemala uh, because my doctor was like, do not under any circumstances fly while your ears are still fucked up like this. And apparently I had a really bad ear infection and I basically have spent the last week sleeping like 14 to 16 hours per day. So much sleep. And if you know me, I hate sleep. I have always been the person who's just like, oh my God, I don't like sleep because it's so unproductive and I'd rather be doing so much other stuff. Uh, That's my personality and I've been sleeping so freaking much. And the reason why this story is relevant, other than the fact that I am very happy to be back making content again and connecting with you guys, um, 
because it is relevant to actually my very first place I ever worked. My first job was when I was, okay, well, I say first job loosely because I grew up on a cattle ranch, so I would help my family with uh, ranch work, whether that be baling hay or uh, castrating cattle, you know, the normal stuff. It's definitely an unconventional upbringing. It taught me a lot about hard work and definitely gave me an appreciation for not having to do that. And so much respect for people who have to work on a ranch because that shit is hard. That is so much work. Oh my God. But I grew up in a household where that was kind of the norm. So anytime we would work, um, we do a lot of like outdoor work on the ranch. I remember we'd get paid, I think it was like $3 an hour maybe $4 an hour. I don't remember, but, uh, that work was brutal. If you have ever baled hay or even worse, baled hay that like after a rain, when it's all soaking wet, that shit can be anywhere from like 45 to 75 pounds. And you're supposed to lift it up, put it like up to your face and throw it upwards to stack where all the, um, uh, where basically they stack all the hay bales in, in like a barn or whatever. And so that's what baling hay is. You, you take the compacted hay and you lift it up and you throw it to the person who's standing on top of the pile and you stack it up. That shit, oh my God, is so hard on the body. And I would come home from those days, like with no energy to talk to anyone, no energy, energy to do anything. It was hard ass work. And I would never in my life do it again. Uh, <laughs> never. Um, props to people that do do that because it's a lot of hard work. But it definitely gave me an appreciation for hard work. And I think it instilled values in me um, of, you know, really knowing what hard work is like. And it gave me a good comparison for every job that I've had in the future to where I'm like, you know what, this job might suck and it might be pretty difficult, but at least I don't have to bail hay and at least I don't have to work on a ranch because nothing will compare to just ugh, the horror of doing that. So anyway, that was technically like the first job I ever had. But my first very official job where I like filled out an application um, and went in to interview was at Albertsons. I don't know if Albertsons is still even around, but it's a grocery store. Um, kind of like a smaller chain. It used to be a huge chain, but then I believe the US government like broke them up because they were becoming a, like a monopoly or something. I don't remember the deal, but back then I, uh, when I was 16 years old, uh, still in high school, I applied for a job at Albertsons and I applied to be a baggage boy. And I remember I was so nervous for my interview. I was stressing out and um, I was interviewed and got the job pretty quickly. And I was so excited. And I remember my first shift, I came home from that shift like on cloud nine because I was like, you're telling me that I just have to bag groceries for like eight hours straight. Um, and just talk to people and get paid $7 an hour. Like that was just mind blowing to me because up until that point in my life, uh, work had always meant ranch work, like super freaking difficult work. And I was like, this is so easy. Oh my God, I absolutely love this. But <laughs> looking back, I think I didn't have a good gauge or understanding of what a good job is like, or even a moderately good job is like, because when I look back on those days, I was like, you know what, actually that job fucking sucked. I hated that job. I did not enjoy going into work. It was a very toxic work environment. Like the manager, um, I don't think she was a mean person. I think she was just stressed out all the time because when I would see her outside of work settings, she was very lovely. She was very nice, but at work, she was always just stressed out and very short, uh, rude, I would say pretty rude. Uh, she wasn't like maliciously mean to me, but I 
learned very quickly, avoid any talking to her as much as possible. I literally would only ask her to take my break. Um, and that was it. And my coworkers I had were not very nice people either. I just think everyone hated their life working at that job. And I kind of understand why, because, um, you know, for me, uh, I spent the majority of my ships uh, bagging, but uh, half of the shift was usually spent cleaning the bathrooms, um, taking the carts from outside and bringing them back into the store. And uh, what else did I do? Oh, yeah. Also sweeping the floors. Sweeping the floors was my personal favorite part of the shift because I just got to walk around the store and I would like try to make it last as long as possible so I could spend as much time doing that instead of bagging groceries. But um, I really didn't enjoy cleaning the bathrooms because ooh, those bathrooms were absolutely nasty. They were so disgusting. But the worst part of the job for me was having to bring in the carts from outside because during the winter where I lived, it would get it would be freezing a lot of the times. I remember like the coldest day I experienced was negative 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Negative 10 freezing and it's kind of surprising for Arizona you wouldn't expect it to get that cold but oh my god it would get so cold and I remember like having to bring in the carts from outside for an hour straight in the freezing cold and oh my gosh it was miserable I remember the days where it would be snowing there was snow everywhere and that was not that was not a fun job um I really didn't enjoy that job but aside from cleaning the bathrooms bagging groceries and all that kind of stuff honestly um the the worst part was i'd say the coworkers and the management because it was it was just not great and the reason why i kind of bring up my ear infection related to that is because one crazy story i remember from working at albertsons is i actually got an ear infection back when I was in high school. And when I get ear infections, they tend to be pretty bad. I've noticed I got them a lot when I was little. Um, and as I've grown up, they they tend to be a little bit intense. And this was the worst ear infection I've ever gotten in, in my life. Not because it was painful, but because I went completely deaf. So I could not hear anything people were saying. Uh, it was bad. And it was to the point that I would have to read their lips. And thank God at that point in time, I had already started using sign language and I'd gone to college courses uh, to learn sign language. So I'd gotten really good at reading lips. And basically, as long as I could look at you and read your lips, I was fine. I could make out about like 75% of what you were saying. But if I was in any environment where you weren't facing towards me and I didn't see that you were talking to me, I wouldn't hear anything that you were saying. And this became problematic because I remember it like lasted for like a week. No, it lasted for like two weeks. And of course, in true Hiram nature, I didn't go to the doctor for it because why go to the doctor when you've literally gone deaf? <laughs> I'm the worst when it comes to medical care. Um, I had to work at my job at Albertsons. And I remember my coworkers and my manager like yelling at me, getting so mad at me because they were like, why aren't you listening to me? Why aren't you paying attention? You're so out of it. You need to pay more attention. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Like I, I have to be able to see you in order to understand anything that you're saying to me. And I remember customers getting mad at me. I think I remember one lady. Yeah, she kind of screamed at me. Oh, it was so stressful. And I remember like finishing one shift crying or I was in the break room crying because I was so stressed out because I couldn't hear what anyone was saying. And uh, at the same time, I didn't want to tell them that I had an ear infection because then my manager probably would have sent me home. And at that point in time, I needed money. I definitely needed money. I was on the grind. And so, yeah, that wasn't a super fun experience. But that is one experience I remember from that era of my life. Honestly, I'm grateful for that era because it showed me what working in an awful work environment was like. So it kind of only got better from there. Mm. I don't know if it got better from there, but it kind of showed me like 
the expectations to have and to compare to when it came to good jobs. So when I had good jobs after that, I really freaking loved them because I always had that contrast to draw, if you know what I mean. So thank you, Albertsons, for that wonderful teaching opportunity. Honestly, that time of my life, I was busting ass because at that time I was going to a college preparatory high school, which basically meant it was more difficult than any college course um, or any college experience I've ever had. That school was really, really difficult. So there was always a lot of homework and I was working as a baggage boy at Albertsons. So I would leave school. I would go to my job at Albertsons. I would work for a few hours and then I would go to my second job where I basically worked as a cleaning person um, for a family friend's house. Um, So I do laundry, clean the house, clean the bathrooms. Um, I would do that for a few hours and then I'd come home at like, I don't know, like nine or 10 at night. And then I would have like three to four hours of homework. So I'd be up working for a few hours. And then I also had my business designing websites, which would take a long time as well. So that point in my life, I was working so hard and not making a ton of money, but uh, I, I was really, you know, busting my ass. And if you guys want a story time on like that time in my life, because, oh my gosh, there's so many stories. It's crazy. Um, let me know. But yeah, grateful for that job. Taught me important lessons um, and never want to experience it again. So with that, I want to react to some of your guys' craziest work stories. I have them pulled up right here. I have not looked at any of them, um, but apparently a lot of them are crazy. So let's see. Um, I will not reveal names of who submitted this just in case you guys want to stay anonymous. But the first one is I gave my coworker a blowjob while we were on break. I was young and wild. You gave your coworker a, a blowjob on break? I would imagine it was probably in the bathroom Y'all need to listen to the song by Melissa Ong called Don't Fuck Your Coworkers. Don't fuck your coworkers. Hey, don't fuck your coworkers. Yeah, you should listen to that song. Uh, it's a bop. Wow. Um, that That is wild. I, I hope you have learned from that lesson and not done it again, because not only would that make it complicated at the very minimum with your coworker, but you could definitely get fired. And depending on the visibility of where y'all were doing that shit, you could get arrested too. Um so wow yeah i am very proud to say that i have never fucked any of my coworkers, and i never plan to that is not my vibe but if it's your vibe be safe and have fun (laughs) y'all that's crazy oh my gosh the next person said previous job called me into my boss's office at 4 30 on a friday to lay me off worked there 29 years you worked there 29 years and they laid you off That is horrible. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. See, this is why working a lot of times for like corporate conglomerates or a lot of times just really in shitty jobs, they don't prioritize you. And that's why I've never liked the rhetoric around, you know, staying loyal and faithful to a job and they value you and they blah, blah, blah. Because I feel like there's very few businesses out there that actually give a single fuck about their employees, especially if they are big corporate conglomerates. They do not care about you. And it really depends, I guess, on the job environment, because I do I do know some jobs that like have a really positive, you know, atmosphere um, where, you know, the, the bosses really care about their employees. But I feel like a lot of times if jobs are really like overdoing it with the rhetoric 
talking about how they care about you. They actually don't. But, you know, it depends on the job. But I'm so sorry you had to experience that. I hope you got a better job after they laid you off because that is rude AF. Oh my gosh, this next one, this person said, my supervisor sent me and my little brother outside during an active tornado warning. (laughs) Oh my God. I hope that person was fired. Jesus Christ, during an active tornado warning? What the hell are they thinking? That is ridiculous. But I have heard of jobs doing that, like during hurricanes um, or like typhoons, tornadoes, whatever it may be, like some supervisors don't give a flying fuck about their employees and they literally like send them off to fend for themselves or even worse, they will make them work during whatever is happening. If it's like an emergency, they will make them continue to work. Like I remember I was here in Hawaii when um, the missile warning came and we were all panicking and everyone was like, you know, running around and screaming and trying to hide. And it it was really, really traumatic. But there was a lot of workplaces I know of where my friends worked, where the managers were like, no, you guys got to keep on working. Uh, Just, you know, make like everything's fine. And I'm like, oh my God, there's literally an active missile going directly towards us. That's going to bomb all of the Hawaiian islands. And you care about your employees continuing to work. Absolutely ridiculous. Like insane. I'm so sorry about your supervisor. I hope you found a new job after that. Oh my gosh, this next one is so sad. 35 unauthorized euthanizations happened during my time at a no-kill animal shelter. That's so depressing. I got literally like goosebumps. That is horrible. Oh my god, at a no-kill shelter? What the hell? I didn't even know that happens. Uh, See, this like makes me so untrustworthy of so many shelters because they do treat their animals so badly or a lot of times like they will euthanize animals unless they're explicitly stating that they're a no-kill shelter. But I guess there's some dirty secrets happening at no-kill shelters. That is horrible. I hope that's not a common thing. Um, If you guys have any experience with shelters, like, let me know. Because at some point in the future, I do want to adopt a dog. But I want to make sure that it's from, like, an ethical and humane shelter. Not one that does that to their animals. So, Jesus, that's horrible. That makes me really, really sad. Wow. So in relation to someone being laid off after working for 29 years for a company, I want to share my personal experience. Uh, I mean, obviously, I've never worked for 29 years at a company. But at one point in my life, I did work for a luxury department store in cosmetics. I've talked about this on my YouTube channel before. Um, Basically, what happened uh, is... I was hired at this luxury department store immediately after dropping out of college. I very quickly made the decision to drop out. It literally took me like a day or two of thinking about it before I decided to. And the reason why I dropped out is that I was so broke. Um, I had been starving myself for months because I couldn't afford to feed myself. I was almost on the streets um, because I couldn't afford to pay for rent. Uh, It was, yeah, not, not a fun time. So I decided to drop out and immediately... I started applying everywhere. I think in one day I did 40 applications. Like I was on the hunt for a job because I'm not the type of person who's just like, "Mm, I'll figure it out. Things will work out. I mean, obviously I was also super broke as well. So I didn't really have the luxury of being able to wait to get a job. But, um, but yeah, at this point I had just dropped out of college. Um, and I started interviewing at a bunch of places. And one of the main places was this luxury department store where they wanted me to work as a makeup artist. And at that point I had had experience with makeup and I had done it on people. I'd done it a ton on myself. I was really into makeup at that point. And so they were interested in potentially hiring me as a makeup artist. I went to multiple interviews and then they hired me and I was more shocked than anyone because this was a very like 
uppity environment, very fancy, very luxurious, where people will drop thousands of dollars when they go on a single shopping um, spree there. And so I was really surprised that they had hired me. Uh, little did I know that they hired me for a counter that was notorious for being like one of the most difficult counters to work for, and no one really wanted to work for them. But I didn't know that at the time. I was just going with the flow, and I was so excited to work there. And I, it was also like such a new and intimidating environment environment because up until that point I had never been in like any type of luxury environment before. I mean, I grew up on a cattle ranch in Arizona and then I moved to Hawaii as a broke student and was extremely broke during all of my time here. So I was not exposed to anything luxurious at all. So it was quite a culture shift and definitely an interesting dynamic, but yeah, they, they hired me as a makeup artist and you know, I stayed on there. I think I was there for a year. And genuinely, I am so surprised that they kept me on for a year because I was a terrible, terrible makeup artist and salesperson there. I'd say like my makeup skills weren't terrible. Like I, I was pretty hard on myself, but um, as a salesperson, I was absolutely awful. And that's why I am not good in sales positions at all because... <laughs> oh my God, what I would do is, you know, I was in this environment where singular products were anywhere from like I don't know, like a hundred to six hundred dollars each. Some of the skincare products we had there were literally over a thousand dollars, like so expensive. And I, you know, was using these products. And what I was supposed to do as a salesperson is say, like, oh my God, darling, you absolutely need this two hundred dollar moisturizer, or you absolutely need this three hundred dollar foundation. It will change your life. There's nothing like it, you know. That's basically the vibe that I had to go with. But I, I like to hope that I have integrity. I. I always wanted to keep my integrity and I had such a hard time recommending these products to people that were so expensive when I knew that there was just as good performing products at Sephora or at other you know like Ulta Beauty or at Target that would perform the same and give essentially the same skin benefits, but for a fraction of the price point. And it was so difficult for me to recommend these products. And literally my sales approach was like, yeah, if, if you want to buy it, if you want to spend that much money, then uh, you know, this one's good. <laughs> it's literally like how I would go about it. I would never be like, oh my God, you have to get this. Oh my God, there's nothing like it. I would literally always make it super optional for people to purchase it. And then what I would do is I would uh, write down similar products products that were much more affordable that they could find at Sephora or Ulta. <laughs> so I literally was working there and I was sending people away to go buy products at other stores because that's how much I just didn't believe in upselling people on these really expensive products that I knew um, they didn't they didn't need. And, you know, I would have clients from time to time that were very luxurious and wanted to spend a lot of money and I would kind of leave the choice up to them. But for any other clients that I could sense a little bit of questionability or I could sense that they were just not 100% sure on their decision, I would literally be like, oh my gosh, you should totally get this makeup brand that's at Sephora because it's way cheaper, but it does just as good of a job or it does an even better job. And so, yeah, I, needless to say, was one of their top employees. <laughs> I'm kidding. I was, I was a very, very, you know, poor performing uh, employee uh, just because I, I felt like I really didn't believe in any of the products. But the few products I did believe in that they sold there, you bet your ass, I sold those products, but they were not within the brands that I was working for. So they didn't really count and help me at all. And after a year, the manager brought me into my, the head store director brought me into her office um, and fired me. 
and I wasn't surprised whatsoever. And I had an amazing like uh, manager, immediate manager above me who was really fighting for me to stay there as long as possible. And he did an amazing job, but you know, numbers matter when it comes to a sales environment. And I did not, you know, perform as they would have hoped. So they inevitably let me go. And I remember like crying in that moment, mostly because like I was sad about leaving some uh, coworkers I had that I was really close with. But <laughs> honestly, like when they let me go, I was like, yeah, I'm not super surprised because I am not good at selling luxury stuff. And ever since then, whenever I talk about products, uh, that's why I'm not super into like the luxury game or whatever it was. Um, uh, because I just, unless it's a product I believe in, I cannot tell people like, oh my God, you need this product or like, oh my God, this makeup is absolutely incredible. And to be honest, working in that environment killed my passion for makeup. I really completely lost it there. I was a makeup artist, but I lost all sense of enjoyment, but I'm so grateful for my time that I worked there because it really helped to ignite and spark my interest in skincare because that's when I was seeing people drop like a thousand dollars on a single skincare product because they thought it was the best. And I was like, wait, why are people doing this? What are the ingredients? And that's really when I got to have the time to just fully investigate the skincare world. And because it was a luxury environment that was more slow paced um, than other environments, I mean, I shouldn't say more slow paced. It was dull. Some days would go by where I wouldn't speak to a single customer because that's how few customers were in store. Um, so it gave me the time to be able to start looking into skincare, um, you know, start understanding ingredients and the way that they worked. And I'm really grateful for that. And honestly, like I look back at that time uh, on my life with a lot of gratitude that I was able to have that job because it was able to get me out of complete poverty um, that I was in, not being able to afford anything. Um, and it gave me kind of the time and space to learn about skincare and develop that passion and that interest. And also at the same time, uh, because it was such a slow paced environment and um, very relaxed and a very, you know, cush job. Um, it also helped me realize that if I'm not in an environment where I'm constantly being pushed to work hard or be uncomfortable, that my personal growth becomes very stagnant because during that period of my life that year, I really feel like I didn't grow as a person at all. I didn't excel in anything. I didn't have any passions or interests and it didn't push me anywhere. So uh, once I was able to get out of that and get into worse jobs, which I will tell you about, um, that's when I really began to gain an appreciation for pursuing passion and uh, what inevitably led me to what I do now. So yeah, crazy, crazy time. Uh, don't blame them at all for letting me go. Okay, let's react to more of you guys' stories because so far they have been wild. Definitely more wild than I anticipated. Um, this person said, just, just a singular sentence, very short, kids sneezed on me. I hope you're going to therapy for that trauma because, oh my God, <laughs> kids' sneezes are so wet and for what? Like, oh my God, it's, it's that, that would be a truly horrifying experience. I would need to go into one of those, you know, in the chemist labs where they have like the full body showers where you need to like completely sanitize yourself uh, with the spray stuff and whatever solution it is. Yeah. Sign me the fuck up after a kid sneezes on me. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. <laughs> that would be traumatizing. <laughs> Oh, this person says drunken chef breaking and entering and urinating in our restaurant overnight. <laughs> Chefs are wild though. I, I will, I will say that like having previously worked at a restaurant, well, multiple restaurants, um, the chefs can be, can be a little bit crazy. 
<laughs> but they can be also like the most fun people ever. But urinating in a restaurant is not fun. Um, I do not condone that behavior and uh, definitely does not follow food safety guidelines that are in place by the United States government. So, <laughs> goddamn. Okay, okay, so this person said, had to call an ambulance once for a lady who passed out on our terrace. Turned out she just needed to poop. (laughs) Oh, she must have been relieved as fuck when she left that poop out because, wow, I have never had a shit like that in my life. Um, Talk about drama. She is the drama. She is the moment. (laughs) That is hilarious, but I would be so annoyed if I had to deal with that. Like, oh, my God. Uh, having to call an ambulance at work is already like making a scene and already like cuts into work. So dang, I'm sorry you had to deal with that. (laughs) The next one says working in a restaurant and a fight broke out and one guest threw a stool at another. (gasps) Were you recording? Because low key, I love watching completely ridiculous, uh, and entitled customers getting into fights at stores or restaurants. I know that it's not professional and I know that it's, you know, not a, positive work environment but oh my god that shit is so entertaining (laughs) wow a stool i hope you guys called the police like because damn that that sounds a little bit intense but it does get crazy at restaurants like i i can understand how chaotic customers can be because actually leading into my next work stories i have worked at two restaurants um during my work life experience the first one I worked at uh, the Polynesian Cultural Center in Hawaii. Uh, if you have been, you know that it's like a cultural experience where I, be- I guess you could say it's like the Disneyland of Polynesian cultures. Um, it, it, you know, it's it's a pretty positive ex- experience uh, when you go there. A lot of people really enjoy it. And I will say to this day, that has been my favorite job that I have ever worked. I loved working um there it was such a good environment i was with absolutely incredible coworkers that i legit like called family they were really my family and i met so many people who i'm still so close with today um i literally just visited one of my friends whom i met while working um at pcc uh in the philippines he lives there now and it was it was such a positive vibe that uh place i worked at a restaurant and within the restaurant, we would kind of handle the VIP uh, guests and diners. I first started working as someone who worked, it basically was like a buffet style restaurant. And so I would be loading the food into like the hot grills um, and switching them out. And <laughs> I, I didn't, so I didn't really love that job uh, for two primary reasons. One, the first reason is that uh, if you didn't know in Hawaii, it gets very hot and humid. And when you are, you know, standing behind hot grills for like four or five hours uh, and having to wear like the full like chef style uniform it gets so hot so i would just be dripping sweat and it was not the most enjoyable thing but the main reason i didn't love that is because during that period of my life i had a raging eating disorder uh if you want to learn more about that i have a youtube video on my channel i only laugh because you know i'm uncomfortable (laughs) but um when I had my eating disorder, it was not the most fun thing having to sit in front of food or stand in front of food for five hours and constantly think about how you are, you know, malnourishing yourself and how you can't eat any of the food. Uh, not the best vibes, not something I really enjoyed. But at that point of time, I had just started going to school 
And I was very lonely. I didn't, I literally didn't have any friends at that point in my life. Um, I was so reserved. I was known as the quiet kid. I wouldn't talk to anyone. Um, I was so painfully shy and insecure and just going through a really dark time in my life and working in that environment with the people that I was with, they really helped me to get out of my shell and feel really comfortable with them. We would hang out outside of work all the time. We would spend holidays together. Like that was the best job. And I ended up being able to move up to the position of, uh, being a server for like the, uh, top guests, like the VIP and celebrity guests, which was really amazing. Um, I absolutely loved it. And it, I still look back just being like, wow, that was the best job I've ever had. I mean, well, I'd have to say this is the best job I've ever had, but that one is a close second because it was just such a positive environment and a place where, you know, you could show up to work every day and it would always lift your mood and make you feel better. And it really helped me get through that really difficult time of my life where I was struggling with my eating disorder and all the other things that I've talked about in my mental health series. But I'd say that experience working as a server was very, very, very different than my second time working as a server. So when I was fired from my position at the luxury department store, I started working as a server at a small but really popular restaurant uh, here in Honolulu. And you know what? Uh, They pretty much hired me on the spot from what I remember, which isn't always a good sign, ladies and gentlemen, just FYI, if a company is willing to hire you like right then and there, think about why people might have left and why they're no longer working there anymore. But at that point in time, I was like, bitch, I was just fired from a job. I need a new job ASAP. And I knew that I had wanted to work as a server because it's really nice to have immediate money, cash in hand, walk out at the end of the day with your paycheck instead of having to wait every two weeks to get your paycheck. And here in Hawaii, you can actually make a lot of money being a server because there's so many tourists. And this was a very popular tourist spot. What, excuse me, what I didn't realize about the location was that uh, it was very much so understaffed. So it was craziness. Like when I tell you, I have never ever been in a restaurant where I have seen it as busy as our restaurant would get because the servers would literally be running around. I would be sprinting across the restaurant, dripping in sweat, talking to people. Everyone would know like that all the servers were just completely strung out. Everyone was just so stressed we would get exhausted. I became so skinny during that time because I was just being like so athletic and it was also a partial outside restaurant as well. So it was so humid. And when you're running around from like 5 a.m. until, you know, 3 p.m. or whatever it was, yeah, 5 five until 3, um, it was just pure, like pure sweat, humidity, adrenaline going for your entire shift. Uh, But that's not the reason why I didn't like the job. I honestly didn't mind that part. I liked that, you know, I was on my feet. Um, And that point in time was actually pretty intense because, oh man, now it's all coming back to me. (laughs) Um, At this time of my life, I would wake up at like 4 a.m. And then I would bus to my workplace, which was usually about a 30 to 45 minute bus ride. So uh, I would wake up at 4 a.m. I would start my shift at 5, go until 3 p.m. Then I would have a one hour break before my next job that I had afterwards. And so I would go in the bathroom of my work. I would have my wet wipes with me. I would do a whole wet wipe shower in the bathroom 
go into my next uniform and work at that job from 4 p.m. until uh, 11.30 midnight. And then I would take the bus home um, through like the sketchiest part of Honolulu. <laughs> Very not safe areas where recently there's actually been a lot of killings. So I'm, I'm surprised I, I made it through and get back to the house uh, usually at like 12.30, 1 a.m. and then wake up at 4 a.m., the next morning to do it all over again. So that was a very chaotic time of my life. Um, and honestly, I, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind the hustle. Um, it's It honestly pushed me to put time and energy into making YouTube videos and developing that passion. But unfortunately, that work environment uh, had very very mean people. There was mean managers. Um, there was mean coworkers. There were some coworkers I really vibed with after a while, but um, there was homophobia that took place, unfortunately, very, very messed up and discriminatory behavior that was very unfortunate. And uh, there was a lot of moments where I would go home crying because of like homophobic statements that were made to me. Um, you know, it's it was a bad environment. And to give you perspective on how bad the environment was, uh, at that point in time was when I had tried to take my own life when I was there. And, you know, I ended up in the hospital for 72 hours. And when you're in the psych ward for 72 hours, they don't let you have access to your phone. And I had sh three shifts scheduled at this workplace during those three days. And obviously, I wasn't able to contact anyone to let them know that I wasn't going to make my shifts. So understandably, my workplace was very pissed that I hadn't made it in. But when I got out of the restaurants, uh, sorry, when I got out of the psych ward and I went back to work, uh, my managers were like furious at me. Um, I wasn't super comfortable telling them the reason why I was in the hospital, but they demanded that they see official paperwork from the hospital detailing my visit um, that I was there for the three days, which if you didn't know is very illegal. That is not, not allowed. It's, it's very illegal. Um, they are not supposed to know that you were, you know, at the hospital and a psych ward, what the detailings of, of it was. And honestly, at that point, I was just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to give whatever you need so that I don't lose my job because my mental health is already broken and I don't need losing a job to add to that. So I very narrowly was able to keep my job there, but, um, but it was terrible. I, I really did not enjoy that job. Thank God there was a few coworkers who were really kind to me. I'm really supportive um, and, you know, would kind of give me words of encouragement when my coworkers were being homophobic. But that is the only job I have ever had where when I put in my two weeks, I wanted to flip off the people who worked there so bad and just, you know, to quote Scream Queens, say, you guys can all suck it. I was so happy to be out of that job. Oh, I hated it. But you know what? It got me money. It, uh, you know, helped pay my bills. I'm grateful I was able to have a job there. And I'm honestly extremely grateful for that job because it showed me how terrible life was <laughs> working as a surfer. Um, and it made me realize that that is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. And it really helped to cultivate the passion and the drive I currently... Oh, sorry, guys. My light just went out. <laughs> 
Hi guys, so it is the next morning because last night my light died and it took eight hours to charge it up again. And by the time I got back, I realized that I desperately needed to pack for my trip because I'm actually going to Cancun today. I'm super excited. I have an exciting um, festival I'm gonna be at and I'm really, really stoked about. If you listen to Elenium, I'll be seeing Elenium. But anyway, uh, I had to pack for that. And then this morning has been craziness trying to prep for the trip. So I am only now getting <laughs> back into it. So sorry if I look a little rough. Today has been absolutely crazy, but I wanted to continue because I actually remembered a story from when I was a server. And, uh, you know, my my time there, you know, it was a really stressful work environment. Um, definitely the worst part of it was the coworkers, but, you know, nothing can compare to the cherry on top that is absolutely shitty customers who think that they, you know, own everything and should be given everything on a silver platter. And that attitude, unfortunately, is very common in Hawaii. I think a lot of people travel here expecting just everyone here to cater to their every want and desire. And so they tend to be really mean and nasty and just disgusting, which is why I've so often talked about showing respect wherever you're traveling to, but especially to Hawaii, because people who work here, particularly people who are from here um, and native Hawaiians have to deal with so much tourist bullshit. And I saw that firsthand when I was working as a server. And I remember there was one day when this couple came in, uh, they were seated, uh, at my table. And so I you know, went up to them. I was like, hello, thank you so much for coming in. Um, you know, what can I get for you? And they just refused to look at me. They refused to acknowledge me the first time I went to the table. So I just kind of awkwardly went away. The second time I came to the table, I was just like, hey, you guys ready to, you know, get started? Is there anything I can get for you? And both of them without looking at me, they were like, yeah, I can't remember what the menu was, but they're like banana pancakes. And then they just, um, they tossed the menu to the side to where I was. No eye contact whatsoever. And this continued the entire time I was serving them. No eye contact whatsoever. Um, when they would want their glass refilled, they'd like tap on the glass without looking or asking me to like get more water. Just, they were super rude. And I had already had a really stressful day and I was just like, oh my God. And the thing with me is that I am a very nice, kind uh, person. I, you know, loved having really cool tables um, and I always kept it professional. But if you are being rude to me or if you are not giving me the time of day or just being unnecessarily mean, I am by no means that person that's like, oh my God, I will still cater to your every want and desire. No, bitch, I'm going to serve that energy right back to them. I am not going to make myself, you know, a doormat for them to walk all over. That's not what I believe in. I don't think it's cool for anyone to do that. And I don't believe in the rhetoric that the customer is always right. And at the point when I had, uh, you know, came to uh, give them the check. Uh, he just kind of threw his card in the little check holder thing that we had. Uh, he threw it in there. Again, none of them had ever acknowledged me eye to eye at all the whole time. And I was like, I'm fucking over this. I'm almost finished with my shift. I am done with today. And I got the check. And as I was walking back from like three tables over, I just threw the checkbook at them and it clattered across the table and they kind of like jump back. And I was like, oh, I don't give a fuck. I'm so over this. Like, don't be rude. You should acknowledge your servers at the very minimum. Look them in the eye. I was just, I was really over it. I think I dealt with a lot of tables that day. Anyway, it was kind of a, a little bit of a scene, not too much. I mean, they didn't react, but I definitely made a scene, which was not professional. I should not have done that. Um, and I was like, oh man, this, uh, you know, table at a minimum is not going to tip at all. Uh, or they're going to complain to my manager. That's what I was fully expecting. Um, but then they got up, walked away. They didn't acknowledge me again after that. 
And uh, when I got the checkbook, they had tipped me like 25%. (laughs) I don't know how. I don't know how. And uh, yeah, it was was really bizarre. So anyone out there, please be courteous and please be kind to your servers. Um, At least look them in the eye. (laughs) At least acknowledge them. Uh, We would very much so appreciate that. But I want to finish up today's episode by going over some of the last stories and experiences you guys have had, because there's a few more on here that I want to read through. Um, This person said, at my last farm job, I got kicked by one of the mean cows and went unconscious for two hours. Oh, oh my God. You know what? That's that. That is ranch and farm life though. Like one of the things that we had to always be careful about and watch out for when on the ranch is horses kicking you because that can literally kill people. Um, You know, when you're riding a horse, they could you know, go on their hooves and you fall off the back of the horse. They can trample you. Uh, Even with my uncle, he had an an experience where the horse like completely jumped up on, uh, well, jumped up and fell backwards on top of him, literally crushed him and like he became partially paralyzed and uh, disabled for life. So it's, it's, it is not uh, easy job and there's a lot of risks associated with it. So you got to be careful with cows because that they can be brutal, especially if you're like trampled or anything and being unconscious for two hours. I hope you're okay. I hope that didn't do any permanent damage. Like, God damn. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Um, this person said someone had thrown up on themselves and pooped themselves, pooped themselves to different people on two different people. I would be scarred for life. Oh my God. If someone pooped on me, I don't even, I, I just, Jesus take the wheel and, you know, drive on off into the sunset where I can die because that would be absolutely horrible. Oh my God. I hate poop. Oh my God. I hate it. I hate it. I mean, no one, well, I was going to say no one really likes it, but I guess there are some people out there who are into that. I'm not one of those people who's into poop. Uh, yeah, no, I, I would be shitting and vomiting all over the place if someone did that to me. Ugh, that sounds horrible. Uh, God bless the people who that happened to. Oh my God. Um, this person said I had a, call, a lady. Call, this person said I had a lady call me racist for not having ketchup, but my black dad was besides me. <laughs> for not having ketchup oh my god that seems to be a little extreme a lot of times when it comes to anything that's related to racism accusations I tend to be on the side of wanting to hear the whole story but a ketchup bottle that 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 sounds a little bit extreme (laughs) I've never heard of that happening but hey I have worked in so many environments where the customer's just make the most ridiculous accusations like, oh my God. And that is why I have such a hard time in customer service positions. It's not because I don't like talking and dealing with customers. Like I'm not that type of person who's just like, oh my God, no one talked to me. I don't want to have to deal with your shit. Like that's not my attitude. I love dealing with like uh, positive customers and interacting with them. And that's really enjoyable. It's just the rude ones who make the most ridiculous accusations and are just determined to make everyone in their day-to-day life be absolutely miserable. They just kind of sour up the whole experience for me. And I'm not the type of person who 
when someone acts like that towards me, I can just be like, okay, moving on to the next one. I internalize that shit, which is not healthy, but that is also why I am not made out for customer service jobs because I can't handle that. And moral of the story is everyone out there, be kind to customer service workers. Don't act entitled. Don't be fucking rude and just treat them with respect and kindness because you have no idea what they've had to go through in a day. And guaranteed, if it's like servers or nurses or anyone who has to deal in a high-paced, uh, well, fast-paced, high-stress environment, they have already had to deal with so much bullshit before you, and the last thing they need is you adding on to that. Um, and that's one of the things I'm really grateful to have learned throughout all of my customer service jobs is just the importance of treating people with kindness. And you know, if you're having a bad day, that is totally fine, but don't take it out on the people around you and make sure that you're respectful because they've probably had to deal with a lot more shit than you know about. And it's, it's a rough, it's a rough time out there. So always be respectful. Always be kind. Thank you guys so much for sharing your stories because, oh my God, this was so entertaining and way more chaotic than I expected them to be. And definitely more chaotic than my stories. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing a little bit about my work experiences. Those were by no means all the jobs that I've had. I've had more jobs um, besides that as well. So if you want another episode of me talking about work stories or experiences or reacting to more of your stories, I would absolutely love to do that. If you guys haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Just Position YouTube channel. We have new videos for every episode where you can see my face if you want to, but you might not enjoy it how it is right now because I am, you know, kind of all over the place today. And this has been a presentation of Ramble and Odyssey Studio. New episodes out every Thursday, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you in the next episode. Mwah.